Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. You're listening to Bossy Britches with Lisa Schinninger and Julia Dumay, and this week we are talking about uh, viewing experiences and movie runtimes. So, mm-hmm. Jules, I don't know about you, but I really had gone a long time without uh, going to the theater to see anything uh, before we started doing see, this. Yeah, you know, I I think you're still going a lot more than I am. I'm like, wow, you go to the movies a lot. I'm so impressed well, because I, yeah. yeah I want to keep in that. We didn't have one this week that we were going to talk about, but I wanted to keep in the habit of getting up on Saturday morning and getting my stuff out of the way so I could get to the movie theater. Because uh, nice. otherwise, when it's time to go, I'll just be sitting around like, Ugh, what am I supposed mm-hmm. to be doing today? Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually found that, well, before we started the the podcast, it had been so long and I only went for certain movies. I had, you know, if it was a franchise that I really liked, like Harry Potter, um, if it was a big blockbuster, if a bunch of my friends were getting excited about it and told me that it was something I would get excited about. Or if it was an experience that everybody says you have to have in the theater. Um, like mm-hmm. Gravity was one of those that I actually never made it to see because um, I guess the critical juggernaut didn't really hit me in the right spot. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's expensive. It's time out of your day. You, oh, can't, yeah. you can't talk back to the screen unless you're in certain theaters, which are a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, and you can't pause it to get up and mm-hmm. <laughs> go to the bathroom, get something to eat. You can't check your email while you're doing it, which is a big thing for me. I'm always doing something else while I'm watching TV. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really hadn't gone in a long time. And we had had a previous conversation about this, about what we what an ideal theater experience is. And I'm kind of remembering now that um, I do like being in the theater. Um, I do nice. like being around a bunch of people who are having similar reactions to things that I'm having or um, mm. to hear how people react to things that don't hit me. Um, I went to a movie this weekend and there was a part that I was just kind of just sitting there watching and somebody else in the theater was cracking up. Like it was the funniest <laughs> thing this person had seen throughout the entire movie. And I was like, I, I, I didn't think it was that funny, but I really appreciated having that experience of that other person, huh. um, you know, having a different reaction to the movie. And it just reminds you, you know, yours isn't the only perspective on a movie mm. um, and the mm. way you experience isn't, isn't the ultimate. So what about you? What do you like about going to the theater? You know, you brought up a very interesting point there, which is that a big part of the appeal is really the community experience, or Mm -hmm. at least the communal experience of it. Um, You know, and partly it can be fun when it's a movie that's been out for several weeks and there aren't many, you know, it's just you and a couple of friends and you really can just kind of you have a lot more freedom to talk and chat with each Mm -hmm. other and make smart ass comments during, (laughs) but it can also be a lot of fun to, you know, to be there with a group of people. And I think it can, I think when we talked a little about this previously, we mentioned that it can really enhance your enjoyment Mm -hmm. a lot of a movie that maybe otherwise you wouldn't really like, which arguably could be a bad thing because whatever, you're not getting as clear an image of it and you're clouded by emotion. But on the other hand, let's be real, film is a very subjective art form. Um, And I think, you know, 
the circumstances under which you see a film that it's totally an interesting thing to judge a film on that. Um, and, and if you get more enjoyment out of a movie because the people around you are excited about it or worked up about it, that can really add a lot oh, yeah. to it. Um, in general, I am really, really grumpy. I have become <laughs> like so grumpy about going to the movies. Um, and you mentioned, you know, later on, we're going to talk a little about run times, but that's, I think, a big part mm-hmm. of it. Um, like, I feel like we're only just now starting to creep down under three hours again for a lot of most big movies. And I, it's just such, it, cause it's such a huge part of your day. Yeah. Suddenly, you know, suddenly, especially if you factor in, I mean, the nearest movie theater to me is like still about 15, 20 minutes drive and park to drive and park. And, you know, you got to get there mm-hmm. probably if you want a decent seat, you got to get there 20 minutes, 20, 30 minutes ahead of time. Suddenly you're talking, you know, four hours. Yeah. You know, that's half your day gone suddenly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If it were, um, and I just, if it were mm-hmm. something at work that somebody walked up to you and said, do you want to volunteer to do this thing? It's going to eat up literally half of your day. You know, yeah. you want to make sure that it's worth your time. And on movies, you're really taking a big gamble. Because, um, mm. like you said, it's so subjective. Even if, uh, like, Gravity, the critical buzz was, you know, it was an incredible movie. But not enough of my friends were saying that they found it really incredible mm. and worth going to see that I thought that yeah. it was worth taking that risk. Um, and I still haven't seen it. And probably I've got it on the, the DVR at home. And probably after I watch it, I'll be like, damn it, <laughs> can I go back in time? I want to see this on the big screen. Yeah. But, you know, it yeah. just it didn't hit that point. Whereas something like um, True Grit, when that came out a couple of years ago, mm. I had no idea they were making a new True Grit. I knew the Coen brothers had mm. a new movie coming out, and I figured I'd see it eventually. And then a couple of my friends were completely nuts for it. Just yeah, totally fell in love with it. And I went to see it on the strength of their recommendation in the theater and it was completely worth paying full price for an evening show like it was worth going to see it a second time even so yeah i think that and that i think the experience like you said of of being in the theater with other people who are reacting to it we have this really strange notion um a lot of the time that going to the theater is like um it's like this very serious event um you have yeah you know there's the million reminders to be quiet, to not check your phone, all that stuff, which is great because you don't want to ruin someone else's enjoyment of a movie by doing these annoying things. But it also, I think, removes a little bit of that enjoyment because you can't, you know, you feel like restricted in the reactions that you can have to something because mm. if you're sitting, you know, behind one of the shushers or, um, yeah. you know, the people who will get up and complain about you because you are making asides to a friend or whatever, um, so it's like it's difficult to kind of navigate that and I'm a really um as listeners can probably tell I'm a really talky <laughs> person. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah. Did So and like I've been watching stuff at home for so long with friends and by myself that I'm really used to having that really vocal, almost violent sometimes reaction to what I'm watching. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so it's it's really difficult. It has been really difficult to go to the theater and remember to restrain that. Um, and in fact, my mom is a shusher. So going, to see, oh, going to see movies with her, I remember we went to see the second Jurassic Park in the theater. <laughs> and because that was a franchise that I will pay to go see in the theater. Um, oh, yeah. I'm glad that Jurassic World's coming. 
Uh, but we went to see yes. it, and there's a scene oh. where they're running away from, I believe it was the T-Rex, and everybody's running through the jungle, and the dinosaur gets to the people, and he steps on one of the people, and for the next <laughs> couple of steps, the guy is, like, stuck to his foot. Hilarious. <laughs> I mean, horrifying, but hilarious. And I was laughing so hard that my mom was, like, poking me in the ribs with her elbow, like, <laughs> knock it off. <laughs> so, like, that really kind of informed, like how I act in movies, like, to keep it contained. Um, hmm. You know, because I don't want to be the person ruining it for somebody else. Yeah. Although, you know, then she was the person ruining it for me because that was genuinely funny. Yeah. I mean, I think you bring up sort of an important point, which is it really, I feel like it sort of has to be all or nothing. Uh-huh. I feel like there are kind of two different ways you can approach that, you know, considering what we've mentioned, that it becomes a huge part of your day. Mm-hmm. Like, you can either kind of go with it and be like, all right, well, fine, it's going to be part of my day. I'm going to go and I'm just going to be me at this. Um, or you can be like, okay, this is a big thing. I have to take this seriously. I have to treat it like a serious outing. Um, and I think either of those are valid approaches, but you have to be able to it depends on the theater, you know, and I think some crowds, it's going to be more rowdy. It's going to be a more chatty crowd. And in that circumstance, you know, yeah, okay, it's okay to lean over and make a few comments here and there to someone. It's okay to laugh really loudly. Or, you know, whereas when you're in, you have to be able to gauge a crowd, I guess. Mm -hmm. You have to be able to say, okay, this is a more serious, quiet crowd. I'm going to have to sit here and shut up. Yeah. Well, I told you before, we've, um, when we, for the listeners who don't have the context, we actually recorded this before, but Jules was inside of a black hole, so no sound escape. Yes. Um, yes. And so in that. In honor of Interstellar. <laughs> um, yeah, Jules was playing the part of Matthew McConaughey, and mm-hmm. I was, I was playing the part of the daughter sitting in the you room were. getting these garbled messages. <laughs> It was distorted. Yeah, it was it was really meta. It was galaxy. great. Um, but I said that I went to see um, Passion of the Christ when that came out, and that experience was. Wow. Yeah. It was, I think, one of the weirder theater experiences I've ever had. The only other time I've had it, um, there were two other times. Um, I had it with Titanic, and I had something where um, an individualized experience of it at a movie called Summersby. Um, but at Passion of the Christ. It was completely full. There was not an empty seat in the entire theater. Um, wow. And it was a lot of older people. Um, it seemed like... I, I remember there being a lot of church groups at the time being organized to go oh, see it gosh. together. Um, and I just remember it was this hushed environment, completely silent throughout the movie, except for the sounds of crying. Um, and you would... I mean, everybody was just having like the these individual experiences of you know, like trauma at this movie that was Mm. so intense. Um, But they were all really isolated and there wasn't much, you know, interplay between people sitting around. Um, And I saw something similar at Titanic um, when we went to see that, where I I wasn't, I was so involved in the movie that I didn't pay much attention (laughs) to what was going on around me. But I remember that I was, it was a packed theater in the middle of the afternoon because we went to dinner after and it was an early dinner. And there was a man sitting next to me and I was, I was young. I don't remember what year that came out, but this older man sitting next to me, probably forties or 50, big guy, big beard. Uh, he was wearing like a leather jacket and he looked like one of my uncles who's a big bike rider. <laughs> and about, about the second reel, um, you know, as the ship starts sinking, 
I just heard this noise and I looked over and he just was sitting there with just tears streaming down his face. Like having this really powerful moment that I only noticed because there was some kind of a noise. And I just remember thinking how, how crazy that is that you go and you're in public with like hundreds of people, but everybody is in their own kind of self-contained bubble. Um, and, but then there's movies you go to where it's really a communal experience. Something like, um, yeah. like if you go to a Star War or oh. you, you see a Harry Potter. <laughs> go see a Star yeah. War. <laughs> Your mom gives you 10 bucks yeah. to go see a Star War. Um, I went to, no, yeah, I went to the, like, I think I saw every Harry Potter mm-hmm. movie at the midnight release. And I did before Lord of, when Lord of the Rings, I remember when Return of the King came out, I did there was a theater down in Richmond, um, which was the nearest doing like the entire trilogy uh-huh. where they showed the extended editions Ooh. of the first and second um, and then the third one. So it was just all day. Wow, yeah. Um, That's like over. Yeah. I mean, you bring up a really interesting point that it's sort of that was something I was thinking, even as you were talking about it, that it's this paradox almost where you're in public, you're surrounded by hundreds of other people you're all sharing this experience mm-hmm. but at the same time you're all very isolated um i like that that you use that word that um the isolation of it it it's sort of unnatural and paradoxical and even though i am really grumpy often about people talking when i'm trying to pay attention i'm also like sympathetic cuz it is like a very unnatural almost situation to be mm-hmm. in yeah um there was a movie i saw in high school couldn't remember the name of it now but um it was in a second run theater so the cheap seats um it was a nice weekend it was late it was a lot of people my age a lot of young people um and i it was a really like a raucous environment like talking back to the screen <laughs> and laughing and bordering on like rocky horror levels of involvement nice. in the movie oh, that's fun and it was so different to you know, how I normally experience the movies that it was like, well, I can't think of the name of the movie now, but the experience always stuck with me, how much fun that was um, yeah. to, to be experiencing the movie with everybody else instead of by yourself. Yeah, that can be, oh, that can be a really, really fun experience. You know, I've, I've been to those a couple of times because I remember there's a company that does like basically gives a Rocky Horror treatment to a lot of movies. Mm-hmm. Um, they do sing-along versions of movies. And they did... I The first time I encountered them was when they were touring in the U.S. with sort of their first big hit, The Sing-Along Sound of Music. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were doing a show up in Baltimore, I think. And it was huge. It wasn't even a movie theater. It was like an actual like concert hall uh-huh. they were holding this event in. But it was so much fun. You know, they had... You got like a goodie bag, basically, of things. You got like a little flower to wave during Edelweiss and you got like poppers to pull when they finally kiss and they have a costume contest and it's like um and they have generally two show times uh-huh. I guess there's a theater that does regular runs of it now in London and they have two different show times they have the daytime show and then the evening show where it's much more sort of adult oriented and is just I mean, it's the full Rocky Horror thing, uh-huh. and it's so much fun. Um, so, yeah, when you get a crowd that is just fully committed to that, it can just be so wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I, I've, I've been to one Rocky Horror show. I haven't been to any other kinds of sing-alongs, but here 
downtown we have this old theater um that plays in the in the summer uh hot times cool films or something like that where they play these old movies um on this big screen in the theater and they have an organ that comes up out of the stage oh to play along with like the intermission and um Oh, that's the interesting. So it's like it's this really old timey theater going experience. Yeah, which is really cool. I saw the Sound of Music there. So it would it oh. wasn't sing along, but it was sing along. I saw yeah the sure. Wizard of Oz there too, and also Lawrence of Arabia, which is a little bit different Ooh. of a, a an experience. But it was really cool to see like um how kind of like the theater experience changes. Um, you yeah, know, uh, based on environment, based on time period, based on you know the genre of the film that you're seeing yeah um, and yeah. something like wizard of oz i don't think like i don't think you can physically help yourself <laughs> saying yeah. things along with it yeah. or singing along um sound of music too it's so catchy um that's an interesting um question i would because i've also you know gone to a few of these um not as many as i'd like really mm-hmm. i i have to admit but um i have a couple of questions maybe for discussion but one of them would be sort of what's your your most fun experience of watching an older movie or a movie that you would not have had the chance to see in theaters new because it was you know before you were born um what was probably your favorite of those experiences? Cause I, I'm trying to pick yeah, one of my um, favorites and I can't. You know, Gone with the Wind was Ooh. so different seeing it on a big screen, um, huh. rather than contained into a television. Um, and having like the intermission instead of just turning off the tape or the DVD and going and getting mm. some, something yeah. to eat or whatever. Um, like it really felt like you were more contained in the movie. Um, so yeah. that was really, I, that was a lot different experience. I, I think, I felt like I came away from that, um, having a better experience of like the scope of the film. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I wouldn't, I think probably the most enjoyable one was Lawrence of Arabia because for the same huh. reason, like it's so long and we're mm. the runtimes thing. We both have a lot of feelings about that. Oh, um, so many feelings. But Lawrence of Arabia is so long that I don't think before I, I went to see it on the theater, um, I don't think I'd gotten all the way through it in one go. Like, I think it had always huh. been like, watch an hour here, watch an hour there. Um, yeah. So seeing it all together. And when I watched an hour here, watched an hour there, I found it really boring. Because um, mm. it's it's a lot of dude, like, man pain, um, mm. dude adventures, like, really, mm. inaccess- it was an inaccessible culture. Um, uh, like, all the stuff in the desert, I didn't really... I didn't have any context yeah. for what was happening. So when I went to see it in the theater and having to watch it. Not enough of the spanking that Lawrence was really into. <laughs> right. Actually. Yeah, not enough of that. IRL. Um, I, that would have made. He loved getting spanked by dudes. FYI, fun historical tidbit. That is an excellent historical tidbit. And I, I mm-hmm. that would have made more of an impression on me, I think, than <laughs> Probably. You know, horses and camels. Probably on a lot sand. of people. Um, but I remember. <laughs> oh, I'm going sorry. To see it in the theater and. You know, having it all, like, this hyper dose of it, really, like, just mm. beam directly into my face. Um, and I th- I think that, I don't know that I would say that I, I like the movie, um, but mm. the experience of that was really, really powerful. Really gave you, sort of, a, allowed you to maybe appreciate, even if you didn't enjoy it, you could sort of appreciate why people did. Yeah, and the, yeah. the performances are so powerful. I love Peter O'Toole. Um, and I think mm. that was one of one of his greatest movies. It's not my favorite of his movies, but that 
he was amazing as Lawrence. And um, nice. and then also, like, I think I probably wouldn't have noticed as many of the issues with it um, hmm. if I had, wa- you know, kept watching it piecemeal by myself. Um, but being in the theater and, and hearing, like, because I was pretty young when I saw it. My mom took me. Yeah. Um, and so, like, hearing the way that people around me reacted to things, I think, hmm. gave me a better understanding of, you know, what was what was okay and what was not. Interesting. Um, yeah, so that was a I, that was an experience. I think if you can find anything around you that does that co- kind of a thing, where they show classic movies um, in a new context, like definitely go to that if you can, because it was it's really amazing. Yeah, you know, you bring up an interesting point. Um, again, you're using all the really important words that I can't quite put my finger <laughs> on. A good morning. Um, I mean, I'm not usually this you coherent. Oh, oh, well, you're doing better than I am. So, um, the word immersion you mentioned mm-hmm. there. And I think that is interesting, especially, um, given, and I know I've complained to you about this before, uh, the, um, oh, why am I blanking on the name? The intermission. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. cause I, 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 we've talked about this and I'm like, you know, I would love if more movies now came with intermissions because I feel like it gives, you were very good, not only a point where you can get up and go to the bathroom and get a snack um, without disturbing anybody and without missing anything, but also a, a little time to sort of yeah. get up and digest and to consider and to really feel like you're, it, it gives you a chance to absorb without leaving altogether right. and without completely being interrupted the way you would if you had to get up and answer the door mm-hmm. or something um and you know you pointed out that it was at the time very much sort of a, a dependent on the medium that that was just simply a constraint of the medium they had to change the film mm-hmm. reels but i I think it does some interesting things for storytelling. And, you know, one of the most vivid ones in my imagination is The Sound of Music. Mm-hmm. Um, that, like, right in the middle there, it's almost a cliffhanger. Right. Uh, there's this intermission where it looks like everything is going wrong. Everything is, oh, my God, Maria's leaving and yeah. he's going to marry the other. Oh, well, he's going to marry the, the Baroness. Baroness. <laughs> Everything's terrible. Um, so it... You know, it, I feel like that's a really good way to account for longer running times while still fitting the story, while still um, to account for people's needs as well as technical right. needs, uh, but also without completely grabbing you out of the story. Um, and, you know, there are actually, I think there's there's at least one app I know called GoPee. Mm-hmm run pee something like uh-huh. that um basically so you can check your phone and know okay at about this far in there's a an action scene that you can miss you won't miss anything if you get up and go to the bathroom now um and it i'm like ugh, i feel like i'm like we should not i don't want to encourage more boring action scenes basically and i'm a woman who loves a good <laughs> explosion i love a good fight yeah. scene but i i don't want it to come at the expense of a longer movie in general. I yeah. Think. I, I'm just like, ugh, I'd rather, I'd rather have an intermission. Yeah. Well, we've both talked in, before and possibly in that last episode about if we ran Hollywood, the first thing we would do is if your movie's over a certain runtime, you have to put an intermission in. Yes, definitely. It becomes punishing. Um, we've talked, mm-hmm. we've recently talked about a couple of really long movies that we went to see for, to talk about on the podcast. 
um interstellar i think didn't really feel that long um no i was pleasantly yeah i was entertained enough that it didn't feel that long but my bladder felt it and my butt felt it when i got out of the theater yeah and it i did think about it after that you know where would i have put the intermission um because there there is a distinct break between the parts of the movie that i think you could have um you could have put something in there and then we i actually was just watching uh my sister i recorded daylight the sylvester stallone movie a while back which um if you guys have access to see daylight it's hilarious the credits alone the opening title cuts. She started playing it and I walked in the room and I was like, oh, are you watching a Lifetime movie or something? Because <laughs> the yes, credits were, it was, it was a blast from the past. But while we were watching it, um, she said something about how brutal it was. Like the, mm. the, um, there's an explosion um, that causes people to get trapped in, in the tunnel um, mm. under the river from New York to Jersey, I think. Um, and they, like, the shots are really long. Like, um, there's this wall of flame rolling toward people. And you get these <laughs> really long shots of people in their cars as this concussion wave hits and sort of breaks the glass and crumples the window. Hmm. And then the fire comes in, and it's really intense. And we were kind of talking about it while it was happening that we felt like it was more brutal than a lot of recent action that we've seen because it wasn't quick cuts. It was mm. like they were very steady shots. It was very linear. It was very, very easy to see the action unfolding. Um, and it really mm. felt a lot more powerful than, you know, a thousand whirring, clanging robots punching you in the face. Yeah. Um, Interesting. Because you were really right there and it was easy to see. And that might be a function of us just being old people now like yeah um that's no that's you're right though i mean the the fashion is very much right now for much more choppy mm -hmm. scenes as well there's not as i feel like as much of those those long lingering shots um at least not in action you know certainly in drama um and in fact, I think that was, I read a very interesting review, because normally I feel like the things I think of for things I want to see in movies mm-hmm. are things with other worlds or with very uh beautiful filming. Um, we've talked about uh certain cinematographers, um, movies that are elaborate sci-fi i feel like i will always go to the the movies for although again i i did not go for gravity which is a little odd Mm -hmm. um for much the same reasons that you did but um i i'm yeah i i think you're right that um short quick takes have become almost to the point of it can be very very difficult to parse an action scene with too many short takes it's like wait what right. what's going on i don't i don't understand what's happening um it can be very difficult to to read these scenes and when your action movie is bloated to almost three hours long and mm. you get these constant action scenes with these really fast cuts that's really a lot more exhausting than just the three hour runtime. yeah it's so tiring yeah. it yeah it requires a lot more work to continue to get what's going on there was a, um, have you ever seen the um the breakdown of uh i think it was i can't remember the name of it, the first nolan batman movie um, no dark knight uh oh i the name well of it? i did see 
The first one is Batman Begins. Batman Begins. Um, it's yes. I cannot. I could not tell you what happened in that movie. Now <laughs> it's been so long, and I found it so confusing. Yeah. Um, there was a scene where uh, there's like a truck that's hijacked, possibly. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a chase scene. Uh, yeah. And, yeah. Um, there's a breakdown, the and I'll I'll find the link. Yeah, and I'll find the link and put it in the show notes so you guys can see it. But it's a breakdown of how the the actual filming and staging of the shots breaks the viewer's experience that it becomes a chaotic mess because um it, there's technical stuff that i couldn't tell you but because the yeah, like sounds, the plane of yeah. movement is broken up so that sounds like it's okay. not all happening in the same direction um so that like there's a shot that should be going a certain way but it's going a different way and that's why that becomes like an exhausting thing to watch because your brain is constantly trying to work out like the field of motion um, sure. Which, like, watching that, I could not have expressed any of that to you, and I obviously still yeah. can't. But, you know, while I was watching it, that's the experience that I was having where I couldn't figure yeah. out where now, things were yeah. spatially located and where things were moving. Now that you're telling me about that, I'm like, I think I probably can guess which of the sequences <laughs> that is. I dimly remember that movie. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, yeah, I can probably guess what that is. And yeah, because I remember that being a very, like, jarring in a movie that was otherwise pretty decent mm-hmm. and quick moving. That felt, it was quick moving, but not in a good yeah. way. It was like, I, yeah, yeah. Well, and like, I found that, like, things that I don't want to go back and rewatch are things like that, where I feel like you walk out of the movie and you feel like you've just been in the, in the fight yourself, like... And not mm. in like an energized kind of way, like really, you know, like yeah. I'm in, I'm exhausted. I just need to go home and sit. Like, I don't understand what just happened. Transformers did that to me. Oh, um, trying no. to follow the action in one of those robot. Just what is happening? I never knew what was oh, happening. No, or where anybody was, or even which robots were fighting. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, and that's another thing where the runtimes are so bloated. Like, give me a ninety-minute action movie. Get me in and out. Yeah, I want. You know, minimal characterization. I want snappy <laughs> one-liners. I want punches that I can follow, and I want to mm-hmm. get out and be done. Um, mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. it used to be that, you know, the serious movies were the ones that were really long. And now it's like every movie is that long. Uh, oh, I and I love you know I love me some Lord. Of yeah, Lords. I do. I absolutely love it. Um, I I have a tattoo from Lord of the Rings. I you can't. I will I will defend those movies for so many reasons till the day I die, but I blame Peter Jackson yeah. for three hour movies. I'm like, this is his fault. As was <laughs> what seems to be dying down now, thank God, but the big CGI battle scenes. Uh-huh. Like those and three hour runtimes are his fault. Yeah. And I I hope the Hobbit will not bring those back, at least not the CGI battle scenes. Right. But um it, yeah, I, I blame him. Well, it feels like it feels like The Hobbit has kind of... I don't know what box office looks like or anything, but I think um, he waited too long because I think mm. the tide has really shifted away from like a public that wants a 90 a 90-page book made into three three-hour movies. Like, yeah. I think we're past that like as an audience. Yeah, um, and I could see... That brings up an interesting thing, and I... I think at some point I would like to do, although I, I don't know that I have the vocabulary to talk about, um, 
talk for that long a full episode on pacing Mm -hmm. because i'm like you tell me nine hours of the hobbit i'm like well that's a bit much but i could see it as like a tv series Mm -hmm. as a mini series like i nine hours i don't know i'm like six maybe maybe eight Mm -hmm. but i could see it working as you know nine one hour episodes but three three hour movies i'm like i know that does not work for me yeah i i know what you're saying and that's really interesting that you say that about miniseries because i feel like those are coming back in vogue a lot more yes Um, there was a real dearth of good tv miniseries for a long time which is a shame because i think it's really you can do such interesting things with a really short run um and things that you can't do in a movie because you know you've got to have that specific three-act structure to each individual movie um, Mm -hmm. where if you break it up into 27 acts over the course of three movies, it's different than 27 acts over the course of nine television series. Yeah. Um, There's like, that's really interesting. I, now I kind of wish that we had gotten the Hobbit. Yeah, that would be great. That would be so great. Because maybe I wouldn't have Um, been so irritated by the endless dwarf singing. Yeah. (laughs) I'm so, and I, I liked it. Like, I listened to the songs, and I'm like, oh, these are really lovely mm-hmm. on their own. Like, out of context, I'm like, in a completely different context, like, the, the Misty Mountain song was beautiful yes. in a way that I never could have imagined it being. I'm like, this is so haunting and beautiful and sad, and I love it, uh, the Misty like, the Misty Mountain song that I could never have imagined when like my dad was reading me the book as a kid. Mm-hmm. But yeah, in the context of the the movie, I'm just like, oh, that was that did not work. And but I could see it being such a perfect cap to the first episode of a TV show. Yeah. Of a mini series. Like that song being the climactic moment of a mini series, the first episode would just be so perfect. Yeah, like, um, and there's so many characters in The Hobbit. Mm. Like, I think it really would have benefited from being able to spend a little more time with the characters rather than having to plunge immediately into the action. Yeah, yeah, especially because, like, big ups, and I actually, you know, as someone who is generally pretty okay with changes to adaptations Mm -hmm. and actually is not in theory opposed to the idea of introducing new characters to Tolkien so that there are more female characters. Uh Um, I, I am okay with like in theory Evangeline Lilly's character being in the Mm -hmm. Hobbit. I'm like, that's an interesting way to add some, some story to add a female character although you could just make one of the dwarves female they really don't have you don't even have to change a lot the of them, beard you know a lot <laughs> okay. of them don't really have enough personality to need yeah. to be male even the main ones don't need to be male they can still be female but that's that's a different matter but still i'm like okay in theory i'm pretty okay with that you know and they mentioned i think at one point they were like look you know tolkien was a great writer, but he was a man of his time. Mm-hmm. And so he had the prejudices of his time. And we think if he were writing these stories now, he would have added more female characters. Right. So that's what we did. And I'm like, yeah, I'm okay with that. I just, the book, the movie's so chock full of characters already that I'm like, no, 
we don't need a new character. Yeah. But I'm like a mini series where you have a little more time and a different pace that could work a lot better, I think. Yeah. Um, I, I totally agree. Um, cause they feel shoehorned in really like, mm. except for, you know, Figwit in Lord of the Rings. Yes. Which is a vital <laughs> character that everyone should know. Figwit. Um, and watch Big for. Ups. <laughs> but, yeah, like adding a character to correct the flaws of the original is great, but you know you have to like does it what does it add to the story itself? Like what do we get yeah. from? I don't even know her name, Evangeline Lilly's character that we don't yeah. get, you know, from the story otherwise. And how does it affect the story? Like if you took out her scenes with Legolas, like what do you lose? Um, yeah, and I don't think you lose anything really except for having yeah. a female member of the cast um so yeah the, which you know we're both in favor of totally female cast members but, I really like but the idea of, you are again you could you need to run hollywood that. because you've had all Thank these you. great ideas like i i could do that for a couple of days maybe <laughs> and it would all go terrible eventually well, but it would be really fun in the meantime yeah Get on, get us the the Hobbit miniseries. That would be great. Female dwarves. I just, I can't stop yeah. thinking about that now. Because you really, yeah. like, the only one who you needs know, to be male could... is the, the father of um, Legolas's boyfriend. What's his name? <laughs> Gimli. Gloin. Yeah, Gloin is the only Gloin one who needs to be, to be male. male. Everybody else you could. Yeah, you could easily make several of these dwarves into women. Mm-hmm. Um, and it would be totally fine. You know, I. And I feel like, again, I feel like I see what Peter Jackson was trying to do there. He was trying to bring in the story of the elves and the dwarves conflict. And that is an important part of the story. Um, that is a really, you know, it's a big thing. There's a lot of history between them and between these the two families. And it's a whole big thing. And they're trying to add it. But, you know, trying to increase it by adding a bunch of subplots that really aren't that important I'm like there you could do this and Peter Jackson I know you can do this because I've seen Fellowship of the Ring mm-hmm. and it is still one of my absolute favorite movies I know that you can add subtext in very few words very few lines very few scenes you can add a lot I know you can do it I'm like you're better than mm-hmm. this Peter Jackson you're better than this yeah he is it, but I uh... I wonder if that's a case of um, not taking on criticism over the past 10 or 15 years, you know. Maybe. Because he really, it's the same thing again. I don't remember there being much innovation. Yeah, bless you. Like, bless his socks. But yeah, yeah. 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 One question. uh, What is, because I was trying to think about this earlier. What is the last thing you went to see more than once in the movie theater? It was True Grit, and that was, what, two oh, or three nice. years ago? And nice. I, I'll i be honest with you, I think that is the only thing I've seen repeatedly in the theater in the last 15 years. Nice. Okay. What about wow. you? See, I used to, yeah, well, I used to go to movies. I mean, my when I was younger, my thing was going to movies lots and lots of times. Mm-hmm. And I think the last thing I did that a lot with was probably... um. I don't know, actually. I can't remember what the last thing I really, like, religiously went to see multiple times was. I know the last thing I saw more than once was probably Star Trek. Mm-hmm. 
uh, the Star Trek reboot, um, because I saw it and then reported that it was not terrible, and my mom was like, okay, fine, I will go see it now, mm-hmm. because she had been deeply apprehensive. She raised me on Star Trek, and she was really concerned about it. So when I said, oh, this is actually pretty decent, and I think you would enjoy it, she was like, okay, fine, I will go see mm-hmm. it. Um, but yeah, I was like, I think that, and maybe the original, the first Iron Man... Uh, I saw more okay. than once as well, but it just, I have not really felt the need more now. I just go to movies because the franchise thing, like you mentioned, is part of it where I'm like, okay, this is part of a franchise that I enjoy and a lot of my friends are really into and I want to be able to discuss it with them. So I'm going to go, I will go see this uh to talk about it. I will see this so that I am up on things. Mm-hmm. So that I'm 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 hip with the kids, basically. It's my way of <laughs> of being uh hip with the kids. Yeah. Well you gotta be hip with the kids. That's an important mm-hmm. important oh, component we are. of life. Um yeah, I I think for me it was um I worked in a movie theater when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, and so I got to see movies for free. And I do remember going to see some things repeatedly. But um most of the time I would just wait for it to come out on video because I'm, you know, yeah. a later job was working at Blockbuster. So I never saw anything in the theater unless it was a big, big nice. movie because it would just come and I'd, I'd get to take it home and watch it at my own leisure, which is the same thing now. Like, I don't really feel like anything that I see. True Grit is really the only thing that I went to see repeatedly because nice. um, I wanted to take someone the second time oh, wow. who hadn't yeah. seen it yet. And then the third time I didn't want to let go of the movie i didn't want to wait for it to come out um yeah because i i just enjoyed it so much um and then i think in the meantime i had also reread the book a couple of times so um going to see like that kind of thing but yeah like repeat movie going i have a friend who um went to see uh gone girl a bunch of times um because she was totally obsessed with it like um the acting and the pacing and, and the actual movie itself, as well as one of the actresses. Okay. And I just, I, you know, I would like to see it again. I don't want to pay to see it again, though. Like, yeah, it's a lot of money. It's a lot of time investment. I'd rather wait for it to come out and I can pop it in the DVD player and watch it when I have time. Um, yeah. Like, there was a movie, Thor, actually, when that first came out, we didn't, I didn't oh, go yeah. to see it in the theater. I, ha- I don't think I've seen any of the marvel movies in the theater um or did i i think i might have seen captain america i think that might be the only one but um when thor came out and i watched it we got it on pay-per-view and i didn't like it (laughs) and then about three or four months later it was on netflix and i just like well i'll give it another shot because a lot of people i know do enjoy it and i liked it a lot more on the second time and then it was on netflix i watched it like repeatedly like over and over and over (laughs) and over again liking it more each time um, yeah, but I, I never would have had that experience if I if theater going to the theater was the only way for me to see a movie. Um, yeah, because I wouldn't yeah. I wouldn't have paid my six bucks, my ten bucks in the first place. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's I don't know. I guess some of my most interesting experiences, and I I have many stories, which I think I recounted more of them in in our lost episode. But um, I the one one of my favorites that I think I mentioned then was um, and. 
like I've already said, sci-fi, I generally, partly I just want to support more sci-fi. I'm like, I want more sci-fi made. Yeah. So I will go to a lot of sci-fi movies, but also those are one of those things where I'm like, I, the potential for it to be something really spectacular mm-hmm. is much higher, I think. And um, one of my, it was an early, but really memorable movie experience was there's this great old theater um, downtown in Washington, D.C. called the Uptown. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's actually where I saw The Wizard of Oz. Oh. Excuse me. Where, um, which was also a really interesting experience on the big screen. Uh, like you said, that's really interesting. Um, and yeah, listeners, if you get the chance, definitely see it on the big screen because it's a very different movie. Um, but yeah, my mom and I went, I guess it must have been like an anniversary showing of some time, some kind, because I remember there being a bunch of talks that I fell asleep for beforehand, like some speeches, mm-hmm. was uh, 2001. Okay by Stanley Kubrick based on the Arthur C. Clarke novel. And I I feel like that was very much, as a small child, may have been the way to see that movie. Um, and yeah, my recommendation for listeners is if you can uh, replicate the experience of being a child watching that movie, that may be a good way to see it because you're able to sort of roll with things the way you might not as an adult. It, it You know, as a kid, you're... Not exactly gullible, but you're willing to sort of take things as they are a lot more Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. You're like, huh, okay, there's a lot that doesn't make sense in the world, so I'm just going to go with it, sure. Um, And it's it's confusing, but it's also sort of uh, dreamy. And that is sort of the way to watch it. So yeah, I think I think my original recommendation was perhaps if you need to get a little drunk to replicate the experience <laughs> of being a child watching 2001 do that because it will be confusing, but it will also be a kind of confusing that is not uh, unpleasant mm-hmm. entirely. You're like, I don't understand, but I'm also not supposed to understand totally. You're just supposed to go with it and feel it. Um, Which is, yeah, also one of my favorite stories of my family, because that's probably one of the two less, that's of two great stories of my family and Kubrick viewings, that is the less weird (laughs) um, than my parents' first date, which was to see A Clockwork Orange. So... (laughs) Every time I hear this, I'm just like, oh, yes. mother, it's insane. No, yeah. My mom's like, yeah, that would be, she's like, yeah, he was, it's lucky he was good looking. Oh, wow, yeah. Now she's like, that's a deal breaker. If a guy takes <laughs> you to see a Clockwork Orange, she's like, or a girl, in your case, Julia, if somebody takes you to see Clockwork Orange on your first date, that is a deal breaker. <laughs> I'm like, Wow. All right. Well, that that was a choice, yeah, Dad. Yeah, that was a choice that's a heck you of made. A choice. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I I actually I don't think I've been on that many dates to movies. Weirdly. Yeah, I was gonna say the first one I ever went on it was in high school, and it was to a movie. I have no idea what the movie was. I don't remember the guy. <laughs> I just nice. remember that it happened, and he had these it crazy happened. pants that were. I was just like, "What is happening?" Um, but I don't think. Like, <laughs> Going to the movies, I've, I don't think that's ever been like a date activity for me. It's always been, but with friends and now 
going by myself. Um, yeah. It's more like a business thing now except professional podcaster yes. I have to go see yes, my movies. Yes, since we're, we're doing them for work, you know, it's, it's part of, it's part of the yeah. work experience. We just, we gotta go. We gotta go to the movies. Um, and it actually is work for me, perhaps even more <laughs> than you. I think it's work for both of us, but you are perhaps admirably less grumpy about it than I am and lazy. Cause I'm like, no. Yeah. I, well, no, I, I can't. I'm, I'm really cheap. So what I do is I go on Fandango and I order my ticket a couple of days in advance. And then I know that I've nice. spent that money. So I have to go. Like, <laughs> I don't yeah. have a choice. I have to, yeah. I have to get up and go to it. Um, That's the way to do it. Yeah. And I actually, I was, I said on Twitter, I, I made a joke about the podcast actually being like this journey for me to find a non-crowded theater on a Saturday <laughs> at noon. Cause oh, I always, gosh, I always yeah. slide in like right before the movie starts or sometimes a little bit afterward. Um, and I have to get a seat in like the first, uh, it's stadium style seating. So like that first oh. tier with where you're craning up to look at the screen. Oh, God. Um, I, when I was a kid, briefly, I enjoyed being in the front row. Mm-hmm. And now I'm just like, why? <laughs> yeah. What was wrong? No. Well, I remember Child, there was no. a theater we went to when I was in high school that had, um, being in the front row wasn't as punishing because there was a huge space in between yeah. the screen and the front row that that you don't see anymore. Like now you're six feet away. Like it's yeah, it's rough. Yeah, um, I, that is that is brutal. Yeah, man, there's yeah. something you need yeah. an intermission for just so you can get away from like oh, having God. to crane yeah. backward to like, see. No. My neck can't take that. I, I can't. That's, that's too much. You can't even see what's going on. You, you lose sort of the, the TV experience, the movie experience, I think. That's an interesting Freudian slip there on my <laughs> part. Um, but yeah, you, now I, I even like to sit as far back as possible, mm-hmm. actually. Um, and because part of the, the point of going to the movies for me is being able to, absorb the whole thing on a scale that I couldn't get at home um, and to immerse immerse myself and get an immersion experience the way I couldn't at mm-hmm. home. Um, but it's a very delicate balance trying to pick where to sit uh, for that, actually. Like, gosh, seating is its own whole thing, isn't it? Yeah. Well, and I, I get a lot of anxiety about like getting there late. Like, I don't want to walk into a dark theater. Um, mm-hmm. I want to sit on the aisle so I don't have to, like, cross in front of a bunch of people i also get really mm-hmm. self-conscious about like sitting in the front like if i got something to eat like am i making too much noise is it distracting seeing my yeah. hand up to my mouth repeatedly um yeah there's a whole set of like just the theater going experience has its own set of anxieties <laughs> built into it um Ugh. which is why i didn't go by myself for a long long time i used i worked for a guy a lot years ago who every tuesday afternoon He'd get off work and he'd go and he'd see a movie by himself every wow. single Tuesday. And I was wow. always like, wow, man, that is so brave. Like, I I need people with me. I got to have, like, that, like, shield around me. Like, <laughs> I got to – it's got to be this whole production. And now I just kind of, like, get out of bed on Saturday and I do some stuff around the house, do some school stuff, and then I go to the movies without really thinking about it. And I'm like, oh, this is what he was doing. Like, this is really actually kind of nice. Like. This isn't so bad. You get to pick what you want. You get to pick where you sit. If you get there on time, which I do not. 
like <laughs> in theory, yeah, like it, it just kind of like a more mundane experience. It's it's kind of nice. Interesting. And one of these days, I will get that that golden empty theater where I can sit anywhere I want and I can talk if I want. Yes. <laughs> There's yes. nobody to say anything. The only time, the best only time I've ever those... had that was, uh, do you remember uh, the Jerry Springer movie? No. Jerry Springer had a wow. movie and I went to it with a friend huh. and we sat in the last row. We were the only people in the entire theater. And I, wow. I remember that <laughs> she smoked a cigarette in the nice. theater. And like, we were sitting in the middle, directly under the projector, so the smoke was like going right up into the projected the stream, and we were like, wait a second, maybe this wasn't such a bright idea. Nice. Yeah, I guess, um, and maybe this is a good place to segue into Rex for this week, recommendations. Um, another question of mine is, is there anything you regret not seeing in theaters? Um, is there anything you wish you could have seen that you saw on video and then wish were like, oh, uh, gosh, I really should have seen this? Because for me, um, and I know we mentioned we ended up talking about this. For me, cinematography mm-hmm. is a big thing. And um, I remember we mentioned, you know, I mentioned one thing I do wish I'd seen was uh, Skyfall, uh-huh. uh, which was who's uh the movie's dp was roger deakins i believe it was yes. is that the guy's name yes. yes okay yeah and you'd mentioned um that you know this guy i was like oh yeah i know that okay i did not know that name actually at the time but yeah completely unrelated turned out it's the same guy um so for me big cinematography and sci-fi are probably the big the big ones if i had one recommendation it would probably be uh i was amazed. I was amazed at how much fun I had a couple years ago, mm-hmm. maybe last year when Jurassic Park was re-released oh, right, yeah. briefly in theaters, and that was so much fun. So if you get a chance to go to Jurassic Park in a theater, take it. Um, and that and uh, C two thousand one while under certain, uh, <laughs> however you can replicate the experience as a child, I recommend that because it will be a very different experience, very interesting, um, and an anti rec for taking your date to a clockwork orange. <laughs> that's gonna be my anti rec as well. Um, <laughs> I don't think that that's don't be like my dad. If there's a Kubrick retrospective on, go to two thousand one. Skip Clockwork Orange. I would even go to Barry mm-hmm. Lyndon before I went to see a Clockwork Orange, <laughs> and Barry Lyndon is terrible. Um, there was a the thing I wanted to recommend is if you have anything in your uh, near you that's like um, like the Drunky Theater, like the uh, the Brew. What is it down in Austin? Um, oh yeah. Um, why can't I think of the name? Of it? Yeah. Anyway, there's I'm one in, totally there's one blanking Chicago. on the name now too. Yeah, there's a the. Uh... Yeah. They're all over the place. Where draft, draft house. house, where you go in and it's not like a typical theater setup. It's more like a cabaret style setup um, where they yes. serve drinks and food and you can watch movies. Um, I really, yeah, Alamo Draft House. Let's say that. I really recommend yes. doing that if you have access to something like that around you, or if you're on vacation. Uh, if you go on vacation and you find that the place where you are has something like that, that is a really great experience to have because yes. um, it, it's sort of like the experience of watching it at home. Uh, translated into more of a theater experience so it's more communal yes. um, it's a lot of fun and there's drinks so it's even more fun 
Um, X. Yeah. And anytime you can see something yeah. that you are really familiar with at home that you can see on the big screen, um, take the chance because it's amazing how different something feels, something you've seen a million times just by having it in a different aspect ratio and having it on this huge screen in front of you in the dark. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah. It's really, really cool. And if you, most places now have, it used to be you had to um, really look for it. Um, but if there's a Rocky Horror playing in any theater near you, I do recommend yes. going. You don't have to get dressed up. You don't have to tell anybody you're a virgin the first time you go, but you can if you want. <laughs> and then you have to participate in the rituals. Um, but it's, a really really fun experience that it's sort of communal to the nth degree um it's yes. all the 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 ritual thing you can look up online there's a lot of guides to you know what you need to take with you if you want to take anything and when to say <laughs> things and it's a lot of fun it it really is like even yeah. if that's not the kind of thing that you're into experiencing it once um is really cool yeah excellent yeah i would definitely second that especially something you're already familiar with um from home viewings and for me jurassic park was one of those because i was pretty little mm -hmm. i was a pretty young child when it first came out um and uh so when i saw it in the theaters re-released a couple years ago was really the first time i had seen it on the big screen um, and it was a completely different experience. So yeah, definitely, if you get the chance, something you have only seen on the small screen, especially something you've seen a million times since you were a kid, um, I would second definitely taking a chance on mm -hmm. that. Oh, yeah. So I think that just about does it. I think we hit all the stuff we wanted to hit. And if we didn't, um, you can, if there's something that we didn't talk about that you want to, you can hit us up uh, in the comments on realbossybritches.com. We're on Twitter. We're at, Bo at Britches Podcast. I always get that wrong. And we're on we're Britches Podcast on Tumblr as well. Did I say Twitter? Oh my God! Let me start yes. over. Okay, that's all right. <sighs> that's all right. No, you've heard my attempts. So <laughs> wow, <I just laughs> no judgment. Blah. My brain just went to mush. Okay. If there's something that we didn't talk about this week that you want to bring to our attention, or if you have a recommendation yourself, you can hit us up in the comments on realbossybritches.com or on Twitter and Tumblr at Britches Podcast. And uh, as always, you can subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Um, mm -hmm. And we're also on Facebook at, I believe the page is called just Bossy Britches Podcast. All right. Yeah. Okay. 